This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I am here with Brandon K. Hello, Brandon. Yeah, yeah last name uh, withheld marginally. <laughs> just the last initial will do. Thank you. And actually, from where I sit, I know that we just finished watching Game Week 28, but I don't really know who I am or what's going on in the FPL anymore. I'm so confused. I, I'm confused too, and I also I feel a little betrayed by Chelsea because all season long my 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 fantasy season and Chelsea's fantasy season were were mirror images of each other. Um, you know, like I I had a I, everything was going wrong. It was inexplicable. Could like nothing was going to make anything better. And then like the comeback starts, uh, several good game weeks in a row. Uh, but I have fallen off the table again, and Chelsea keeps playing well. And um, I don't know how I feel about this. So they they're they're sort of like they've moved on and they've left you behind. Yeah. I'm still in the relegation places and Chelsea is like scrapping like maybe getting a Europa League spot now. So who are you now? I guess you're 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 Alan Pardew at this point, right? <laughs> I think I am. Oh God. I, I mean, I, you're 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 a very close personal friend of mine, Josh, and uh, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't try to say that to you unless we were on a fantasy podcast. But I think you're Alan Pardew. I'm I think sorry, I am so. Alan. That that is that is it's it's. It's tough but fair, Brandon. I think I'll, t- I'll I, tell you what, Josh. I will be your Emmanuel Adebayor, <laughs> and, I, so and I will do nothing to get you out of the situation. <laughs> so it's been a it's been a crazy it's 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 been a pretty weird fantasy season. It's been an even crazier, just non fantasy English Premier League season. I mean, it's really it's impossible to know. It's 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 hard to even pick players right now to perform because it's so unclear. You know, players for your fantasy team to perform because it's so unclear who's going to be playing well. I mean, it looks like you know Man City is maybe on the on the comeback trail. This kind of an inspiring you know 120 minute win versus um, versus Liverpool in the Capital One Cup. 
uh, and then they get destroyed by Liverpool three days later. Um, you know, it looks like uh, Spurs um, just like have what it takes, and then they they go to West Ham and they they can't score a single goal. Yeah. So it's just it's hard to in uh, some of these, these you know it's not there's no shame in losing at West Ham, and you know certainly Spurs have as many fixtures as anybody. Um, you know, just in terms of all of their various cup commitments and things like that. But um, yeah, just a strange strange year, and uh, we're here to talk about it. Well, it was a strange week if we want to just bring it up to the present day. Game week twenty eight is a classic. Um, round of midweek games in that in the context of the league, it was wildly captivating and intriguing and has kind of reshuffled the deck. But as you were saying with fantasy, uh, basically nobody scored any points. If you followed that (laughs) wisdom of of in both game week 27 and 28. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like uh, pick your team based on uh, who's playing West Brom and who's playing Norwich. Um, I mean, I guess if you're captaining Diego Costa in game week 28, that works out for you. But everyone assumed that Leicester was going to totally rock Norwich City. And Captain Vardy, Captain Mares, you got a guaranteed who's clean sheet. I mean, thankfully, Cameron Jerome cannot. I mean, Josh, if you if you think you feel bad about your fantasy season, think about how Cameron Jerome feels every night of his life. <laughs> uh, so I played my all-out attack this week, Brandon, and... Uh, had I not played my out attack, Russell Martin would have come in for me. Yeah, I yeah. guess Chris Chris Chris, uh, Chris Molly didn't play, and Russell Martin was actually the one who fed Cameron Jerome that ball. So um, <laughs> it would have been it would, absolutely like it would have been like the worst punishment really to have Russell Martin who has done who has been buried so far on my bench for so long, uh, getting like somewhere between zero points and negative points every game week. So it's it's official. The all out attack chip is cursed. If you're uh, <laughs> a, a co-host of the Always Cheating podcast, and we predicted this, you sent me an email and said, oh, "I'm going to play my all out attack just to juice this game week a little bit." And I said, "Well, Deli Ali's not going to start." And yeah, when, you'll remember when I played my all, all, all out attack, it was like game week six, and yeah. as Ozil didn't even start, so there's there's just no way for us to get this going. There, there really isn't, and I, you know, I, I'm, I'm suffering from a little, as, as you know, Brandon. I'm suffering from a little bit of FPL on Wii at the moment. It's really hard for me to uh, just get motivated. I, I'm sort of like I, I really can't win any of the leagues I'm in, and it's just kind of um, I'm feeling a little, uh, a little. I, I have some FPL related depression at the moment. <laughs> And uh, but I'm going to power through. You know, this is my yeah, fifth just year. Pop, pop some yeah. Xanax, and and you'll be fine. Yeah, this is far and away the worst year I've had, but I'm just going to try to – I'm just going to keep t- – it's like, you know, in the abstract – okay, so I, I think a lot of people – I mean, it could be that if you're having the, the, as bad a year as I'm having, you're just not listening to fantasy podcasts. Like, I totally understand that. But if you are and you're feeling a little down at the moment, I mean, you know, I'm just trying to figure out, like, okay, uh, do, I, do I enjoy watching the weeks, like, even when I've got nothing to play for and have, like, players in those games? I, I do. Like, it's still there, – there's still something you, – you find – it's just it's a very it's a smaller form of competitiveness because you know it doesn't really matter uh, in terms of winning the leagues, but it's still it's still satisfying to have your players play, and it's an opportunity to to try some different formations, to try to play some some differentials. I mean, you have nothing to lose. I mean, you know, because it's, it's, it's like what's holding you back from playing a lot of differentials? I mean, it's like this this abstract idea that someone is going to you know click on my profile. Go to my statistics page and like see my finish this year, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I just yeah. like I don't want someone to see me finish one point two million or you know some some really uh, yeah. you know middle of the road score. It goes on uh, your permanent record. 
Yeah, but it, but it, it's going to be really inexplicable too because it's like it's so like yeah the highs and lows of, of my like finishes are just all like I can't believe I'm doing this badly. It's really um, um, like I, it's almost become anthropological where I'm just like <laughs> like this is like it's kind of fun just like just to just to like watch it now. You well, know, yeah, like, me me and it. everyone listening to this podcast should count themselves very lucky that they have the inside track as far as your season goes because people will be studying this season. Uh, or Josh, yeah. Josh's season for a long time to come. And <laughs> if Margaret we Mead were still alive, she'd be studying the season right now. Well, okay. I was on I was on cloud nine just ever briefly after game week twenty seven because believe it or not, in the Hail Cheaters Super League, I got a green arrow. Wow! I think I, I think I went from uh, two hundred and ten up to two hundred and seven. That's extraordinary. Yeah, so despite us continually adding new managers, I still managed to go up. And I didn't even have that great a week. So that was that was huge. And the other thing um, with the Hail Cheaters Super League that really made me smile was I was scrolling through the team names the other day, and I found somebody in our league whose team name is Pizza Hooth. <laughs> Pizza Hooth is a really great name. Now, that works on multiple levels, as you know, because it's like Pizza Hut. But also, um, Claudio Renieri bought all, all the lesser defenders pizza when they <laughs> kept their first clean sheet. So, Pizza, pizza Hooth, if you're listening, thumbs that's, up, man. Keep it that's up. That's a great team name. Uh, I actually, I think I already have my team name for next year already picked out. Ooh, can, uh, don't, don't, I, do you want to reveal it or should we keep it a secret? Let's let's reveal it. Uh, you know, I've been okay. complaining. I, I, like, we, we've had the lows. Now let's have the highs. Now, as you know, Brandon, I've been watching a lot of uh, The Great British Baking Show. Oh uh, uh, yeah, which, which I, I, I yeah I, I enjoy that. Based on your recommendation, I started watching it. Really enjoyed. <laughs> That's it. right. It was really uh, yeah. sad when Ian threw his ice cream into the bin. Uh, you know, well, we were all Ian in that moment. We were all Ian in that moment. It was you know we he lost his head a little bit, but you know who who among us hasn't? Yeah. Um, so I think my team now is going to be Proving Drawer FC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was. I actually. I actually made a uh, proving drawer reference the other day. I was talking about Hail Caesar, and I think I had mentioned to you that I thought the movie Hail Caesar was a little underbaked. Right. And uh, yeah, I took it one step further and thought it yeah. should have been left in the proving drawer a little bit longer. <laughs> I think. Uh, and well, I think I, I when we were texting about this, I said that one man's underbaked is another man's shaggy. And yes, to me, it was. True. It was just. It was just a little shaggy. It was just a little all over the place. All right, before we get to it's just like totally Brandon and Josh on the aisle. Right, um, right. Yeah, we're we're recording okay. this before the game is fully updated, so we don't have the updated standings in the Hail Cheaters Super League yet. So Josh, you will you post those on social media once it's updated? I definitely will. And so yeah, a little bit of a different game week. Obviously this podcast is gonna be going up until um you know, until late Wednesday night, um or early Thursday morning for some of you guys. Um, and there's really no point in rehashing too much of what just happened because um, it's not I don't know what happened. <laughs> Part of it's because we were at work uh, and we were sort of like furtively watching our, you know, I, I, I actually was in a meeting for like 90 minutes of this. So I, I came back and watched highlights and, and video recaps and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're going to talk about a, a few, a, just a couple of hot topics. So these are just hot, hot topics based on uh, we're going we're to focus on three different teams, uh, kind of just touch on them, uh, and then we're going to take uh, we had a lot of Twitter and Facebook questions. We're going to take those, and then we're going to do the optimizer, and uh, that's it. So we're going to keep it pretty pretty light this episode. Yeah, it's been pretty heavy up to this point. So let's let's lighten the mood. <laughs> let's lighten the mood. <laughs> let's lighten right. the mood and, and talk about a hot topic. 
Okay, I would love to talk about my next year's team proving to RFC all day, but uh, hold it for another time. And if you have any feedback for Josh's uh, 2016-17 team name, hit us up on Twitter, at HailCheaters, or on yes, the Facebook especially page. If, if, only if it's positive, though. Yeah, yeah, let's keep it positive out there. Let's keep it positive. Okay, so uh, hot topics. You know, we really shouldn't call these hot topics, but these are more like hot, like hot teams or hot takes on teams. Yeah, Hot Topic is just a store in the mall where you go to get your skeleton lunchbox. <laughs> um, all right. So the first uh, – we're going to talk about three teams. First team is Man United. Yeah, Manchester United is <laughs> – yeah, you're like, uh. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to pick winners and losers from Game Week 27 and 28, Manchester United is perhaps the big winner. They're now level on points with Manchester City at, uh, what, 47 points? Mm-hmm. And uh, Marcus Rashford uh, scored four goals in two games, including that Europa outing uh, for his debut. He's a huge up-and-coming star. Juan Mata um, captained the squad today um, against Watford, scored a beautiful free kick. Everyone's sharing these vines of Memphis Depay on Twitter of him doing cool tricks and flicks. Now, uh, I notice how all these gifts actually end before you see what actually happens after Memphis does his trick. I'm right. guessing he probably loses possession or <laughs> shoots the ball up into the upper deck. So if you if you look at these players and, and these results, Manchester United seems like a team that's on the rise. But then go um, look at their upcoming fixtures. So they're blanking in game week 30. Before that, they are away to West Brom, but then they blank in game week 30. And then they have Manchester City, Everton, and Tottenham all coming up in a row. It's kind of a deadly run of fixtures there. So yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if this is as good as it gets for Manchester United. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. I mean, I, it seems like you could probably get away with. I, I certainly wouldn't be bringing anybody in right now. I mean, they could score away to West Brom, but um, they certainly could have conceded a goal in that game. Um, I mean, the Marcus Rashford thing, like, it's just like, can you really like? I mean, I guess if you're just if you just want to like play. Like if you're just like if you just don't care, right. you know. Like sure, if like, yeah. If you're if you're just a big United fan, if you want to run Rashford out in your FPL team, go for it. Yeah, he's not a guaranteed start though, and he's there. There are better third mid. If you were a midfielder at four point six million, it'd be very tempting. But as a forward, um, there's no point really. And particularly now with Martial healthy again, it looks like Rashford could get pushed out wide. And yeah. though he's a young, athletic guy, he'll certainly still be competing. He's a great player. Yeah. Uh, his his fantasy output then becomes in doubt again. So yeah, exactly. I uh, we both have United defenders. I had De Gea in goal, and you have the injured Chris Smalling. My one uh, move that I'm contemplating for game week 29, and actually just looking ahead to the next month of fixtures, is dropping De Gea for Joe Hart. Mm-hmm. Because... <clears throat> City do have a game in game week 30, and they'll obviously have a double game week coming up sooner or later. And, you know, they have Villa at home and then Norwich in game week 30. So there's presumably a clean sheet. I mean, famous last words, but that's that's kind of how I'm feeling. I'm feeling like United defender to City defender in the next week or two. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that makes sense. I, I don't know that you can read too much into their loss. At, yeah, so they, yeah, I mean, they just played Liverpool in the Capital One Cup final and, uh, you know, tough match. Uh, they defeat Liverpool. You can see, you know, Liverpool really coming out wanting revenge uh, at midweek. 
So um, yeah, I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, Aston Villa and Norwich, even Man United at home is probably there's a pretty good shot of a clean sheet there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like you said, double game week coming up at some point. So yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. All right, who's our next hot team, Josh? All right, next hot team is Swansea. Just picked up a huge win at Arsenal. Uh, pretty much guaranteed their safety, I would say. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how in doubt it really ever was, but if it was, I, I mean, they're they're six points above the drop now, and um, I, I don't really, you know, I mean, of the, the the teams below them, I mean, Sunderland, Norwich, Newcastle, Aston Villa, none of those teams are 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 any better than Swansea, and Swansea's probably actually a little better than Bournemouth, is two points above them. So, I think they are definitely pretty safe, without a doubt. And I think Swansea, not to get too outside of the FPL game, they were just. Hard done by some some bad luck and and just poor, un, unnaturally poor performances earlier in the season. So it's sort of like it's it's. I feel like their position in the table doesn't actually reflect the kind of team they have. So the next three game weeks for uh, Swansea are, are are particularly interesting because uh, they're home to Norwich, away to Bournemouth, and then uh, home to Aston Villa. And uh, that Bournemouth match is particularly tempting because um, some teams are off in game week thirty. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I could actually see myself picking up maybe two Swansea players over the next. Uh, I have two transfers. I didn't play. I didn't make any transfers this game week. Likewise. Uh, so- yeah, so um, I, mean, I don't know if, I get, if I'm going to make a full move to two Swansea players, but uh, I think one is definitely in the offering. Yeah, in I the, think in, one. In the offing. Yeah. Excuse me. Sigurdsson is clearly the one. I would be hesitant to pick up a Swansea defender. Just they they don't keep very many clean sheets. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ashley Williams got his goal today, which was fantastic. But um, Sigurdsson is the guy. Ayu has just gone weirdly absent in the last uh, months. I, I guess he like takes three weeks off and then he posts double digits and then he takes another <laughs> month off. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, I, I think you're totally right. I think, uh, yeah, five goals in his last ten matches from uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, great assist today on the Ashley Williams goal. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he could he could really dominate. I mean, I guess I guess Ayu, if you're looking for a bit of a differential, um, although let's see, Ayu's ownership is at twelve percent. Uh, Sigurdsson's ownership's at uh, no. Sigurdsson's at four point two percent. He is still definitely your differential. That's outrageous, and he's quarterbacking that team right now. Sigurdsson, everything's going through him, and he's taking all the dead balls. He, he's he's the man. He is, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, uh, I guess you got to stay away from their forwards. I mean, Gomis, like, come on, dude. Like, Gomis <laughs> had, an, had a brilliant chance to score one of the easiest goals you can score. It was like, you know, last seconds of extra. I don't know if you saw this. I didn't the, see it. Tell, tell me all about it. The last seconds of extra time, uh, Peter Cech comes up, tries to score a goal. Uh, ball falls to him um, and basically is an open goal. I mean, it's, granted, it's like half a field away. Yeah. Uh, but he kind of, like, Bafatimi Gobis is so committed to not scoring right now that he, like, dri- <laughs> like it was like it's like the 95th minute of five minutes of extra time. And he's, uh-huh. like, dribbling the ball around. And then he kind of half-heartedly kicks the ball, like, just, like, halfway down the pitch. Uh-huh. Um, and, but Do he, you think it's like, it's like an art project scoring. for him now? I think I think his life is an art project. <laughs> All right, speak, speaking of Peter Check, our our next hot team is Arsenal and Check. This is just unreal. This is just like the most Arsenal thing of all time, where they're having this terrible run. Their title hopes are uh, going going through the ringer, I guess. To, to put it mildly, and Peter Check goes down with a hamstring injury after running back 
from uh, coming up for a corner kick at the end of this Swansea match. <laughs> it's really, I, I mean, this, it's just hard to, I mean, I, I, it's such a broken record because we talked about it on so many podcasts, but I, I'm starting to feel like I, I just can't, I, I like, I, I just can't even deal with this Arsenal team. Like I just, got, and it's, it's, so, I, I, I've decided as an Arsenal fan that I'm going to put all my frustration in the Arsene Wenger basket uh-huh. and, and not, and not blame the players because he, a better manager could just will find a way to motivate his players, and he just doesn't. He can't do it. He doesn't have whatever talents it requires. He does not have them, and yeah, uh, yeah it's just uh, it's so frustrating. I I don't know what is going on with that team. So, so you're a Hector Bellerin owner. How are you feeling about? I'm I, terrible. Pe- I mean, Pe- how Peter Czech any- being out the clean clean sheets coming up for Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, so they're they're they have the West London Derby, or, excuse me, not the West London, the North London Derby uh, this weekend. Um, then they're home to West Brom. Um, I mean, the problem with with Bellerin is that despite what he showed last year, he has absolutely no attacking threat this year. Uh, it's it's incredible. I mean, like the guy just never like he makes no runs into the box. Um, you know, he hasn't scored. He hasn't doesn't have an assist like like stretching back to game week nine. So right, uh, yeah. Just not a very influential player. Um, I mean, I think he's a great player. I mean, from a non-fantasy perspective, I think he's fantastic. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely looking to get rid of. I'm looking to get rid of everyone on my team. Like this is like, if, <laughs> if I were like, um, you know, this is like uh, if I was like an NBA team and it was at the trade deadline. I knew I was going to make the playoffs. It's like a fire sale. Like no one is safe. Every everyone, <laughs> everyone can be on the way out. Like who am I keeping? Who do I even? Uh, Marez stays. Uh-huh. I love I love Mares, probably Payet too because I love Payet. At this point, I'm just keeping players I actually like. I yeah. don't like Smalling. He's out. You know? <laughs> You're out, Smalling. You're yeah, done. Exactly. Nobody likes you. Um, you know, uh, yeah. I don't really like Aguero. He's probably on his way out too. Oh wow, that's huge. That's a bombshell. Well, the Aguero thing we'll get to in a little bit, but. Okay. Uh, I have to say, I think uh, a lot of people are going to be a little disappointed this weekend. I think with Aguero because I think there's a very good chance he doesn't sc- he does not start at home to Aston Villa. Yeah, they're definitely going to be favoring that Champions League second leg heavily. Like uh, Pellegrini you know, is going to want to win that game. Uh, so you know, 120 minutes uh, against Liverpool, then plays the full 90 at midweek, and then has this huge Champions League match coming up next week. Um, and then they're home to Aston Villa, the worst team in the league. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, you and, could you you could get away with starting Ianacho in that, or or Boney is healthy again, I suppose. Yeah, Boney is healthy again too. I mean, I'm sure he'll make the bench, but I think there's a really good chance he doesn't come on. Uh, he actually could not come on at all. I think. Um, I mean, he could even not make the bench. Uh, I really think that um, if you're going to captain Aguero this week, I'd be very careful who your vice captain was. That's interesting. I mean, Aguero does strike me as a guy. He has that Alexis Sanchez sort of mentality where if he's fit, he wants to play. And I don't know for what reason it is he wants to play. I mean, who would really want to play for that Manchester City team? He's clearly (laughs) just playing to score goals and um, for his own personal pride. I'm, I'm sure he has great love for the city organization, but I think you know what oh, I'm saying. Sure. Very classy. Very classy. Yeah, he's a classy guy. <laughs> no, I know you don't like him, Josh, but I think he's a classy guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, everyone must go from your squad. And I mean, Ozil will remain in my squad simply because he continues to produce amazingly. Sure. sure. Um, but other than that, there's there's no other person on Arsenal's team now that Czech is down with an injury and it's all but confirmed that he's out this weekend. There's yeah. no reason to keep any of these guys. Totally agree. 
Uh, all right, Brandon, that's enough hot team topics. Um, Aaron Ramsey, drop him. If you have Aaron Ramsey, get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. obvious already. Yeah, yeah, that's very obvious. All right, let's get right to uh, that. Was fun. Did you have fun with that? I don't even it's know what that was. We like talked about teams for five minutes. That was uh, a cool hot team. It was a hot take team. A hot. That's right. A hot was, take was, team talk. It was like we were warming up our vocal cords a little bit. You know, <laughs> I'm like, gonna dub that terrible. section the hot take team talk. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get right into what really matters, Brandon, which are the people who actually listen to this podcast uh, who have asked us questions on Twitter and Facebook. Now, you can still really matter if you didn't ask us questions on Twitter or Facebook, but it, it is nice. It's nice to it have is, Yeah, it is nice. Well, it, it's nice because because everyone listening, they do matter, but we can put names to your ears if you right. post questions on our Facebook page or our Twitter. Some people matter more than others. Let's, let's be honest here. Yeah, we won't name names. We won't name names. We're not going to name names, but I'll, I'll, I think you and I both know that some people matter and some people don't. I mean, I keep a list next to my computer. It's like a running list. I have a few uh-huh. names that I've scratched out and a few names that I've uh, written at the bottom that I like more than others. So, you know, <laughs> read it. Read into my tone of voice as we go through these questions. Who actually means more to me? <laughs> All right. Uh, first, and, and don't run anything into the order of these questions either. These are, these are plucked. They're, they're, I think these are basically in reverse chronological order because uh, I was I was too lazy to to structure them. Yes, order has no bearing on who matters. <laughs> All right, ready? Uh, let's start with our Facebook questions. Okay. All right. First question is from our friend Scott Gill. Not a real life friend, but a but an online friend, a, a, yeah. a, a, a pal in the internet world, like like our friend Siraj Garish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How you doing, Siraj? <laughs> Scott, uh, we're not saying you matter or you don't matter, but just <laughs> listen to listen to my tone of voice. Uh, Scott says, "Okay, so this, this Scott is kind of going to frame these questions for us a little bit. Why do we put ourselves through it every week? The pain, big guns fail to deliver, clean sheets are hard to find. Is it time to give up? And if we wrote all that out, it would actually be an acrostic that spelled Benghazi." <laughs> oh, Scott. Scott, don't 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 think like this. This this question from Scott, it totally reminds me of that scene in Never Ending Story where Atreyu is trying to get his horse out of the mud and he and he's like, Artex, you've gotta believe, believe. Uh but Artex he just wants to be done. He just wants to be submerged in mud and be put out of his misery. This so is Scott Scott, don't go out like Artex, man. Yeah, I mean, this is we. You know, this is you. You've gone this far. You can't. You don't be a quitter. See <laughs> yeah. it through. See it through to the bitter end. Next season will be better. Yeah. Just enjoy. Enjoy this. The small moments. The micro moments. You will. You will still experience some pleasure if yeah. <laughs> if a player on your fantasy team scores. It's still going to be fun. Um, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's no fun to like the, the part of the problem is that the season is, is it's too long, right? Like, yeah. let's, 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 let's like face up to it. And, you know, I think as fans, we really need that Christmas break too. You know, it's it, it, like whenever it comes around, I'm really excited about it. And I love that there are, you know, 17 game weeks and thir- 13 days or whatever it is. Well, the best uh, thing about it is all these games are happening while our offices are closed. 
That is true, but I but I think in the end it's it's a false prize or something like that. I don't know. There's probably an expression <laughs> okay. that, I, that I could use here, uh-huh. but we, we we like it at the time. But in the end, we we like it's like it's like having too much sugar. You know, it's like we <laughs> like you you wear yourself out with it. You uh-huh. know? And so it almost be better to have that. See, the Germans know what they're doing. You know, uh-huh. like, like in so many things. <laughs> oh, <geez>. um, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, like, I mean, like modern, like modern industry and, okay. and like well-run government. <laughs> yeah, you, you drove that Volkswagen for a long time, didn't you, Josh? <laughs> um, and the Bundesliga, a very well-run league. Um, they wait until uh, like I think it's like till like late January when the when the season finally starts up again. Like yeah. it's it's time to like catch a breath a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, you you saying uh, appreciate the small things. It reminds me of that, which was a beautiful, beautiful assist by Mares um, mm-hmm. in their uh, most recent match against West Brom. Oh, Mares has this beautiful assist to who? How is this going to impact the FPL game? Oh, Andy King, Andy King scored. So, I mean, yeah, that 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 allows me to really appreciate the Mahrez assist, and then I can just sort of give up on the Andy King goal. Yeah, Andy King, God, that guy's that guy's a legend. He he played a lot more last year. Yeah, he was he was a fifth mid. He was a bit of a yeah. fifth mid legend in the yeah. FPL game last year. And he, I think he's been on that team a long time too. So I, I was happy for Andy King. Yeah, wonderful forehead on that guy. Big <laughs> big dome. He's, yeah. he's like he's like uh, Vincent Company. You know, he's like a small version of Vincent Company. For a guy who's barely played this year, it was incredible that he scored that goal too. It was really, I mean, it, it's it, it was it was a great assist from Mares, but he still had to place it just right. You know, yeah, well taken, really, well taken, really booted. Uh, all right, Scott Gill also says, uh, "Why does Antonio outscore Pyatt? Why Aguero and Vardy can't score anymore? Why Barkley continues to blank? Why Southampton can't defend?" Just a few questions. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming he's asking this rhetorically, so let's just move on. Yeah, uh, as, as I said at the top of the show, I am confused. It sounds like Scott shares my confusion. Yeah, um, but well, but I, I will just take this moment uh, since our good friend Scott has brought up the name Antonio. I have to confess that I kind of talked smack about Antonio when he first came onto the West Ham scene. Mm-hmm. He, he just seemed like a like just like a big unit who just sort of was like moved around the field and didn't look like in full control of his his uh, his movements. He's turned into an amazing player for that team. And if I didn't have Pyatt, I would absolutely pick up Antonio just based on that Homer Simpson goal celebration alone. I mean, Antonio is a fantastic midfield option at this point. I mean, there's there's really no reason to uh, to doubt that it's going to. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not like he's. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to pick a consistent midfielder, and I couldn't think of anyone outside of Mesut Ozil because uh, yeah. <laughs> there's there barely been any. But I mean, so you're not going to get Mesut Ozil level returns from him. But he is ab- like for his price and for his consistent consistency the second half of the season. Yeah. Uh, he is a fantastic pickup. He's a classic foreign player too. Like, um, ba- I mean, that, that his goal celebrations. He is having the time of his life out there. And if you're gonna, if you're <clears> gonna <throat> judge on form, that's the exact kind of form you want to look for. Yeah, I mean, he is his price is five point three, and he's owned by two point six percent of managers, and he scored eleven points two weeks in a row. Those are those are very Ozil returns. Eleven points. Eleven <laughs> points is kind of like Ozil's like. I, I, I bet that's the number that he has the most this year in terms of like his his game week score. I like that Ozily hashtag Ozily. Very Ozily, and eleven is an Ozil from now on. 
All right. So uh, next question, kind of a follow-up on Scott Gill, uh, considering it was a response to Scott Gill. Uh, Aiden Green says, this guy, Scott, echoes my thoughts. He calls Scott. What's all the what's all the this guy talk? Yeah, this guy. Uh, this guy echoes my thoughts exactly. We're all friends. Why do people who don't change their teams outscore me? Why does nothing happen the way it's supposed to? <laughs> now, I, I will say, you know, we put this question up like seconds after the game week was over. So, you know, <laughs> tensions were running hot in the in the always cheating forum. Uh, yeah, they, people, people feeling very philosophical at this point in the day in the game. Exactly. Week. So, um, you know, it reminds me of uh, my favorite favorite line from any movie. Uh, maybe my favorite line in life, Brandon. The one the one that I think of the most. Yeah, uh, which comes at the end of the movie Unforgiven, uh, when um, Gene Hackman is about to get shot by uh, Clint Eastwood. Well, and spoilers. Turns, yeah, and he turns to Clint Eastwood and he says, I, I, "You can't do this to me. I don't deserve this." And Clint Eastwood says, "Deserves got nothing to do with it." Ooh, and uh, that's it, cold. That's cold. It is. It is. It is cold. And Aiden. Deserves got nothing to do with it. It's just it's this is this has been a an especially uh, weird and and fluky. I mean, like Lester is winning the league, okay? Like nothing. Everything is weird. It's 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 a, it's a very strange season. So, if anything, the fact that you're playing badly is a sign of how good of a player you are. And people who are doing better than you and me, Aiden, are actually playing poorly. <laughs> and so just like, no, it's everything's topsy turvy right now. I mean, Brandon Kelly, I'm sorry, Brandon K is, uh, is beating me like, like 25 to four in our head, in our head, head this season. Cats like, are, that, that would, cats are would, sleeping with dogs. <laughs> that would never happen in a normal season. So, uh, you know, what Aiden, it's just, it's just a one-off blip. Don't worry. Things will, things will get back to normal next year. I'm sure of it. And Aiden, I'll respond with a movie quote of my own, since Josh had his movie quote. This from the movie, the classic movie Heat, in which Val Kilmer asks uh, Robert De Niro why he doesn't have any furniture in his house. And Robert De Niro says, Val, you shouldn't have anything in your life that you can't leave in 30 seconds flat when you feel the heat (laughs) coming from around the corner. And that goes for uh, podcast co-hosts, and that also goes for <laughs> members of your FPL squad. So, like Josh was saying, there's some there's some players on on our squads that are feeling the heat, and uh, you will you will have success by being able to drop them in no less than thirty seconds flat. I don't know about that. I still think you, you could basically have the team you had in game week six and be like in the top one hundred in the league. It's such a weird year. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's All move right. on. Let's move on. Uh, Kim this is O'Neil. like this is such a movie cast. I guess we have that. Uh, we still have that Oscar buzz. I guess uh, yeah, that must be what it is. I haven't watched a lot of movies right now. I watched a bunch on the flight too. Uh, did, I tell, I, did I tell you I saw Black Mass? It's excellent. You did. You did say that, and uh, I saw it as well. Fat Jesse Plemons can't get enough of that guy. I feel like that movie had no buzz, and yet I really liked it. I agree. I think people were kind of like uh, Johnny Depp wearing makeup again. Yeah, this time the not, think, and just this time not a top hat. Yeah, and he plays a very—I mean, he plays a brutal character. But uh, yeah, it's worth watching, guys and gals. Yeah, that's a hail cheaters recommends right there. <laughs> All right, Kim O'Neill, uh, a, more, a more a more serious question: uh, Who are the best mids to buy for those looking to make up ground? Uh, I am looking to ship Hyatt and Sanchez, and want two differentials midfielders who do not have blank game week thirties. Uh, is it nuts to consider Sterling for Villa at home? Uh, I'll let you start on this one, Brandon. I, I would. I, it's extreme to call the Sterling move nuts because 
Villa is definitely uh, a tasty fixture if you're looking at Man City. But but yeah, if if you want to start a conversation about Man City midfielders, that's not just not a conversation that I find very enticing right now. We uh, talked about this a little bit in the last week's podcast, but you know Christian Eriksen is still around ten percent ownership. Um, yeah, Christian Eriksen, and as we were saying earlier, um, Gilfie Sigurdsson. I mean, we don't want to skew too heavily in the Scandinavian region of the FPL. <laughs> yeah, uh, we should find some non-Northern European options, too. Yeah, I'm sure we can find them. But, uh, yeah, without a shadow of, the, of a doubt, those are two guys that you need to take a good look at. Uh, it's it's too bad that West Ham are off in Game Week 30 because I really think that Antonio is a player who people are overlooking because his price is so low. And there's always that temptation to make a like-for-like price swap. You know, like if you're shipping out someone like Piat or Sanchez, you're looking for someone in the eight million to twelve million range. Uh, but at five million, I think that Antonio really gives you, um, you know, a lot of value, and a, not even value, but just like a lot of points. You know, I mean, he's just he's just scoring a lot. He's in great form. So here's the punt. I can't believe I'm even saying this because one of my favorite things to do is hate on Crystal Palace right now. Uh-huh. But Yannick Balassi is just back from injury, and you, you can't you can't help but um, be stunned by Connor Wickham's four goals in two games, all four of them beautifully taken. Mm-hmm. So if there's if they're going to get themselves out of the trouble they're in, and Connor Wickham, this would not be the first time he he's done it. There's going to be some chemistry that will happen between the midfield and him, and that'll probably come down to Wilfred Zaha and Yannick Balassi. And Balassi just back from injury, he's three three uh, percent ownership in the game, and he's priced at six million. He's he's that explosive player that might be able to be a differential for you. Yeah, I think those are um yeah, those are all good options. I think we did a good job. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> uh Mike Jones on Twitter asks, uh is Peter Check's injury enough to necessitate a transfer at goalkeeper? Uh or should I wait till I play my wild card? Uh Butland is my number two keeper. So um yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, because one thing we gotta keep in mind too is that um it's a pretty good chance that Arsenal will um have a blank game week thirty. I know that they're away for their FA Cup rematch, but they are playing whole city. I mean, they really should win that match. Um, so, you know, and the problem with Arsenal is that whatever, however, however long they say a player is going to be out for, you've got to add six to 12 years. So <laughs> if, uh, you know, if a player is out for uh, one or two weeks, that typically means they're out for like. They're dead. Like, yeah, they're, they're dead. Yeah. Nobody, it, nobody it, has seen Abu, Abu Dhabi for, for 18 yeah. years. If it's like a little, if it's like a little issue and they might play this weekend, it's usually like on the lower end, which means like three months. Yeah. Uh, if they're certain to play this weekend, they're usually on that for two weeks. So you really, it's, everything is just, you have to, you got to add between two weeks and two months to every assessment that they give a player. Yeah. If you look at Stokes fixtures, um, it's, it's not terribly intimidating, but it is mixed. Chelsea, Southampton, Watford, Swansea, Liverpool. Then it gets in, it gets dicey with Spurs and Manchester City. I mean, clean sheets. Going back to the theme of confusion, you cannot, you just cannot bank on these clean sheets. And if it's going to disrupt another more important transfer in your team, I would say don't bother. Wait till your wild card. You probably have bigger fish to fry. You've got a great goalkeeper in uh, Butland who can at least get you a save point. Yeah, and uh, let's let's just double check here. Uh, Butland uh, is not off in game week thirty right now. He, he played, and actually, he's got a pretty good fixture in game week thirty too. So uh, yeah, I, I would I would 
I, I would. I guess I would wait till your wild card. Assuming that you're going to wild card, probably around the game week 31 or 32. But I think it's. Uh, I think it's worth it. Yeah, as as much as Southampton is kind of finding a vein of form here, they're still having trouble scoring goals. They're just defending so well. So yeah, if I'm starting Butland against Southampton, I'm not terribly concerned. All that said, if you you know if your team is strong enough elsewhere and you've got the open transfer, I think that um, moving Peter Check to like as you suggested as you suggested Joe Hart might be a, a pretty easy like for like move. Yeah. And it's I mean, not like goalkeepers' values rise so much. I mean, not not someone at that price. You know, I mean, obviously Jack Butland's value has risen a ton over the last year, but you know, I, I don't think you're going to lose that much value moving um, check into into heart. Don't sweat it. Just chill. don't sweat it. Uh, all right, Luke Funberg, uh, fun shot. Uh, another another pal of ours uh, says, "Hey, Luke, oh, you might matter. You, you might matter. You, might. <laughs> you just might matter." Uh, uh, Luke says, uh, is it time to ditch one of the Arsenal mids, uh, Ozil slash Alexis? Uh, if so, which one? Uh, hashtag no humble brag. What does that uh, mean, no humble brag? Because uh, I, I was saying that uh, we, we, we would allow rants as well on this on this week's episode. Okay. Uh, but our, our rule of no humble brags uh, still applies. Oh, fair play. Well done, Luke. Yeah. So, um, well, not not Ozil, certainly. I mean, I, you know, you can't – you said it earlier. I mean, you just can't ditch Ozil. He's, he's – He's too consistent. He's he's like the only consistent midfielder in the in the league. You know, so yeah, there's really. I mean, I mean outside, Ma, outside of Mahrez, yeah. certainly up there. But yeah, there's no there's no real reason to drop Ozil. As as weird as that Arsenal team is right now. Now Alexis picks up his first attacking points in God knows how long against uh, Swansea. So. But you could honestly get away with. I mean, the the problem is, as we do, as I just said, you know, Arsenal probably isn't going to be playing a game week thirty. So, um, I mean, I guess you could wait and see what. Ha- I don't know. You know, it's um, all right. I know, I know you. I know you don't like talking about money. I mean, mm-hmm. on all sorts of levels. Like, try splitting a check with this guy. Seriously, <laughs> but but if you have Ozil, chances are you've probably had him for a while, and you've got a lot of value, team value, wrapped up in him. Uh-huh. So dropping him from your team is uh, could have repercussions on your team value. Alexis, I can't imagine that his value has has skyrocketed too much in the last month, month and a half. And it'd probably be pretty easy to drop him. And that frees up so much cash for your team. Yeah, I think uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the, the, the concern then is just who do you like, who do you bring in for Alexis? Uh, I mean, I guess all the players you talked about earlier make sense. I mean, um, yeah, I guess if I were dropping Alexis, I, I would probably look at Christian Eriksen. Um, no, no blanks in game week thirty. Uh, offers a lot of attacking threat. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm probably not going to play in most of those Europa League matches. Additionally, so. I, I I know I'm in this position, but uh, it's not who do you replace Alexis with, but what can you what can you do elsewhere in your team? So. Diego Costa is really coming into play in the game, and I can't afford to turn, say, Jamie Vardy into Diego Costa. But if I had a guy like Alexis in my midfield, drop him, replace him with Ericsson, good move, bonus, I get to upgrade, uh, be it an Agallo or uh, a, a Vardy, assuming that we are losing some faith in Vardy at this point. I like the way I, you, you, the, the way you said "be it" in a gallo. Is like, it sounded like that was his name? Like he was uh, a <laughs> yeah. like a very unusual name. Be it in a gallo. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I think you know what I'm saying there. I do, yeah. Uh, all right, so Nick Wright says, uh, City Mids, almost certainly not worth their FPL price tag, but worth the place in our squad given the kind fixtures in the Game Week 30 blanks. We we did talk about this a little bit earlier. Uh, sure. Nothing, I mean, why, yeah. why not, right? I mean, I... Yeah, like our eyes are open on city mids at the moment. We know we know what we're getting. The question really is which city mid do we think is actually going to play this weekend because I think there's a I think we can see some like FA Cup versus Chelsea level rotation this weekend. You know, and I just think it's it's a little I'd be a little nervous about bringing any city midfielder this weekend outside of possibly Raheem Sterling who um didn't play in the Capital One Cup is probably likely to play in uh in this the match this weekend. Yeah, okay, so you say which midfield is actually going to play, and that works emotionally as well, because the biggest concern investing in the City squad is you don't know what temperament of team is going to show up game to game. And that is, I guess, what in what prevents me most from wanting to invest in the likes of David Silva or Yaya yeah. Torre. Yeah, I, well, and Torre is, uh, you know, an injury doubt now, so I think, um, I mean, if they were just resting him and Torre was definitely set to come back this weekend, then, yeah, yeah Torre is probably the player I'd be most inclined to pick up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next question comes from Graham McDonald, who says, who should we turn to for clean sheets as the usual reliable sources seem to have dried up? Um, it is a tricky one. It's It's been a, it's been a, a very strange two weeks, and a lot of the really consistent options uh, you know, Leicester and um, and Southampton and uh, even Arsenal to it to some extent um, have have all given us, you know they've given us some pretty soft skulls. I mean, some, you know, I know that Man United's a tough place to you know Old Trafford's a tough place to play, but I mean to concede yeah. two goals to an eighteen year old that is that is pretty weak. You have to mention Spurs in that sentence as well because they haven't been able to post a clean sheet uh, in the last couple of games either. Yeah, Chelsea too. I mean, it's you know very yeah. It's been it's been a strange. Very, just Bournemouth, very strange. Uh, Bournemouth uh, have seemed to have the most consistent defenses over the last few weeks. Yeah, I think that Bournemouth is a pretty good shot, Brandon. I mean, they they have um, they they don't blank on game week thirty. Um, we there's a lot of threat from the from Bournemouth defenders. A lot of them uh, they they even got a goal from a Bournemouth defender um, in the midweek match. So uh, I think it, from Cook. Uh, so yeah, I think I mean, Daniels in particular. I mean, at four point seven million, I think that he's a great option because uh, even you know it's just it's just so hard to pick clean sheets right now. But he offers enough of an attacking threat that you kind of get a little bit of both with him. Yeah, I told you this going into the midweek games, where I I didn't choose to make a transfer because I just had a bad feeling about these games, <clears throat> and it felt like one of those game weeks where it was just sort of an anything goes. <clears throat> so. With clean sheets, I wouldn't like fully change your policy on them, particularly like Southampton, their next two fixtures, Sunderland, Stoke, or Manchester City, they have Villa, Norwich, Leicester City, they have Watford, Newcastle, Crystal Palace coming up consecutive game weeks. It it could just be a blip. The clean sheets they'll come and they'll they'll go, but I think some of the still the big defensive players will will keep posting clean sheets for the next 10 game weeks. Yeah, I think that's that that's, that's a fair point. I mean, it's um you can't read too much you can't read too much into 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 recency, you know, and uh, just assume that things are going to stay 
um, bad uh, because right. we have, you know, outside of the last two game weeks, we have 26 weeks of evidence that indicate that uh, that Southampton and Arsenal and Tottenham um, are teams worth um, worth investing in uh, defensively. But I, but I actually think all, all year long that Bournemouth have been a team worth defense, worth investing in defensively too. So if you're just if you're just ready to make a move, I would definitely look at Bournemouth first. Yeah. All right. Krill Roth says, thought about Alexis to Cameron Borthwick-Jackson to Silva and company, um, but after today's game, maybe go for some swans instead, Siggy and Willie. I'm into it. We just talked about it. Swansea, all in. S- Silva is a little too um, anxiety-inducing, I think. I'm, I would augment this to um, a little of both. I would do company and Sigurdsson. So move Alexis and Barthwick Jackson to Company and Sigurdsson. Yeah, if that, if that, that works. For I you. think those those are those are great moves. Great, you're done, Krill. You're going to win your league. <laughs> you're done. You're out, Krill. That, 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 that's a wrap on Krill Roth for this episode. Hail Poku. All right. Uh, next comes from a uh, Joe uh, at Gunnister. He says, uh, "We'd like to hear your thoughts on the possibility of a city bounce back." Uh, well, uh, Joe, we wanted to acknowledge your question, but we've talked about it too much already. So I <laughs> <laughs> uh, hope you liked our thoughts on it. Uh, all right. Roto Premier Th- thanks League. For writing, thanks for writing, Joe. Thanks for writing, Joe. Yeah, I didn't mean to be a snark. I was just kidding. Um, Roto Premier League asks, uh, Hail Cheaters, uh, can we get an Emo Pellegrini suicide watch update? Now, Brandon, <laughs> do you want to talk about Emo Pellegrini? Yeah, I can I can share a few thoughts about Emo Pellegrini. So anyone who listened to our last episode knows that it was titled Emo Pellegrini, and we talked a little bit about the sort of ennui that um, is emanating from Manuel, our, our favorite Chilean Premier League manager at the moment. And I was I was motivated by all that, and I went ahead and started an Emo Pellegrini. Twitter feed, and you can actually follow. You're just giving away the game. <laughs> I, I hope. I hope that you like did that thing that's really lame, where you followed like, where like in your bio you wrote a parody feed by at Brandon Kelly. Yeah, all tweets by <laughs> at BSK Broiler. <laughs> <laughs> Not the real Manuel Pellegrini. <laughs> well, so in starting the emo Pellegrini Twitter feed, I hope you go follow him and see how emo Pellegrini is doing. He, he's not dead. He just hasn't tweeted in a while. And I can tell you why he hasn't tweeted in a while is uh, I'm probably you, really, you, you have that in a T-shirt, don't you, Brennan? I'm not yeah. dead. I just haven't tweeted in a while. <laughs> that's not bad. That's, that's really not bad. That might be my, my new bio, <laughs> my new Twitter bio. But I, I realize I don't really know too much about the emo lifestyle. To <laughs> and there, There's like this famous Twitter feed or the popular Twitter feed, Emo Kylo Ren, based on Kylo Ren from the Star Wars movie, in case you haven't mm-hmm. heard of Kylo Ren, everybody. <laughs> uh, and I, I, was, I was studying the Emo Kylo Ren Twitter feed, trying to figure <laughs> out what makes a successful Emo fill-in-the-blank Twitter feed. I'm just trying to imagine you now, like, 
at home. It's like late at night, like your wife's in bed and you've like, you've printed out like all of these, all of yeah. these like pages worth of tweets. I've, I've got them all up on the wall. Like it's uh like, like it's what's that? True what's de- that? True detective season one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got the, my reading glasses like down on the, the edge of my nose. No, actually I didn't do that. I was just, my wife went to bed and then I went down on the sidewalk and, and kept grabbing all the young people passing by and being with a notepad and a pencil asking them if they knew what it was to be emo. Uh, what time What time of night was this? It was like 2 a.m. <laughs> wow. That must have been terrifying. <laughs> so just, just to give you a taste of uh, what's going on at, at Emo Pellegrini. So you can, find, you can find him on Twitter, at Emo Pellegrini, all one word. <laughs> so this is, this is after their Champions League match, City's Champions League, League match. Emo Pellegrini tweets... <laughs> After the Dynamo Kiev match, Fernando hugged me and told me to smile. I asked him, how could I smile when there's so much pain in the world? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know how emo that is, but that is, that is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. This is more like my, my personal taste in, in uh, sort of, um, I guess, maudlin uh, pop ephemera. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I mean, so, it's not uh, bad. Yeah. He, he also tweets, Emo Pellegrini, I don't think the Champions League is more important than the FA Cup, but I do think that Magnolia is a very powerful film about regret. <laughs> and that, 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 of course, goes with That's our with our on the aisle theme, this, this whole podcast <laughs> episode. So, yeah, follow Emo Pellegrini and maybe through your shared love of following him, he'll actually... Um, come out of his his depressed state and start start t- tweeting again. Ooh, and then that, and then it could be like uh, well, like <laughs> rock and roll Pellegrini or um, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I don't know, like what, like Roxy music, like what, what what is that? Like like glam, like new Pellegrini? wave. Yeah, maybe new wave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, all right. Well, uh, we'll keep an eye out for updates on emo Pellegrini. Hey, uh, and right. that, that, that question was actually from our good friend Steven at Roto Premier League, and we talked about him before. Can't encourage you enough to go check out his rotisserie-style draft uh, FPL game at Roto Premier League. You got it. Uh, Lucian Madison says, uh, thinking of picking up a city defender the next two weeks, are cities next two fixtures dependable clean sheets? Uh, and then he says, company, question mark? And we'll say company, period. No need for a question mark. Yeah. We agree. Companies that is, to pick up. Let's go for it. Yeah, company or or uh, like a couple other people are asking if you're looking to change out goalkeepers. Joe Hart is another route to those um, to those clean sheets. City is so famous for having heavy rotation on the wings, and Bakare Sanya, for whatever reason, hasn't been playing very much recently. Uh, that's got to be in favor of Zabaleta, right? Honestly, I've been following the city defense defensive uh, line too yeah, too closely. I, 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 th- I think so. Yeah, everybody loves Pablo Zabaleta, but uh, that is like the one guy. Even if you don't like Man City, Pablo Zabaleta is the one player you have to like on that team. Absolutely. Yeah, and Lucian, I'm not sure if you matter. You you do owe me money though. <laughs> that's true. He's he's making he see Lucian is a real life person we know, and he is uh, making he's a late a, charge in our private league. But yeah, yeah, he does owe you, he does owe you some money, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's the one guy in our private league <laughs> who hasn't paid up yet. But he found the loophole. Lucian did, I'm, and I know anybody out there who runs their mini league, they know this manager. Every every season, they're like, "Yeah, I'll get you. I'll get you the money. I'll get you the money." And then they end up winning. They come in second place and uh, like breaking even. And somehow they never then learn their lesson. 
Right. And like, like, like so many like mini league commissioners, you're a complete hard ass in the off season. And you're like, no one even gets the league code until I have the money. Yeah. And then like closer, closer to the season. And then I remember I asked you about our friend Daniel, who was like, I don't think I'm going to do it this year. And I was like, oh yeah. So he's out. Right. And you're like, I emailed him the code. He didn't even ask for it. I just emailed it to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Lucian, not to get too uh, into our own personal mini league here, but Lucian is like, I got to tip my hat to, to you, Lucian. Actually, you do matter. He was a genius before I even sent out the league email. He emailed me and he's like, so are we doing the league this year? Can you send me the code? And I couldn't just, like, not send him the code. He put you on the spot a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I screwed myself there. It, so, is, it so. is amazing that first place in our mini league is uh, a guy who didn't want to play this year. And second place is a guy who hasn't given you money in two years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you have it. That's fantasy sports for you. Yeah. Uh, all right. And uh, last question is from Chris G, who says, are you guys playing Hashtag fantasy MLS this season. Hashtag hail Poku. Oh, Poku forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm PKF. definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna be playing fantasy MLS, and I'm and I'll tell you why I'm looking forward to it, Josh, because I am going to play fantasy MLS uh, like I wish I could play the FPL every season. Like, kind of not care, not have it mm-hmm. sort of run my life, sometimes ruin my life. Um, this is a this is the, this is a fantasy. It is. It's a fantasy <laughs> fantasy, isn't it? It's a fa- it is. You you literally are a co-host of a fantasy podcast. There's no way you're not going to get super into this. Yeah, well, I'll tell you the other reason why I want to play fantasy MLS is because everyone who listens to Always Cheating knows you and I we bought season tickets to NYCFC. So we have to we have to get to know what's going on in Major League Soccer. I I, I have a very vague idea. I know the that Portland is true. Timbers the, the won. First matches this weekend, right? Oh God! So I have to get my team together like a pronto. I think so. Yeah. But fa- fantasy sports is like it, it's such a great way to immerse yourself and and familiarize yourself with all the different players and and who's who's starting, who's on the bench, who's doing well through, throughout the entire league. So that's yeah. that's another one of my motivations. Well, okay. So so how are you going to get yourself? I I'm not doing it. I just I I, I need a break. Um, mostly because the season has like killed me. It's, it's taken like years off my life. Um, and I know how dramatic that sounds and I still mean it. Uh, so how are you going to like get yourself ready for this? Oh yeah. So I, am like a total newbie to MLS and MLS fantasy. So our friend, Tim Shaw, who runs soccercaptains.com, this is like a total plug fest, uh, episode, but, um, soccercaptains.com, they have a great, great team by team breakdown fantasy wise. And Tim started a soccer captains MLS mini league that I think you can join for free. So, yeah, go to Soccer Captains for more info on that. That's what I'm going to be playing. Uh, all right. So let's get on to the optimizer, Brandon. And uh, let's, let's, let's do something a little different this time. We, we've, we've been running through things pretty quickly. We've answered a lot of questions, looked ahead effectively. Let's just do uh, less than a minute on every game, okay? Oh, wow. Okay. This is, <clears throat> this is, some, this is some optimizer pressure. That's right. But I think, I think we can do it. I think we're up for it. Okay. Let's do it. And I've got, I've got the stopwatch on. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, it's, go. it's actually just it's actually just the 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 uh, Skype. Uh, oh, it's clock. just the Skype clock. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's like it's to thirty seconds here. All right, all right, ready and North London Derby Spurs host Arsenal. Arsenal are in total disarray. Spurs obviously lost, but um, they're they're the better team at the moment. I'll be looking to 
to for Spurs to win actually 3-1 late surge uh, at the wow. 75th minute to make it 3-1. I actually think they're they're kind of due for a big offensive performance and I, I think Hurricanes will overdue for a goal. Um Delhi Alley has been um a little out of form and mostly because he's injured but um yeah, I I agree. I th- I think this is a Spurs win. I mean, this is, it's a huge game for both teams. I mean, if Arsenal loses this match, uh, they are they're really in trouble, and without Peter Cech, I mean, you have to be worried about them. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I don't think three one though. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna guess two one Spurs, and I think it's gonna be. I think Arsenal's gonna score first, and then Spurs will score uh, two goals, like one in the 80th minute and one in the 85th minute. It cannot be overstated how big a game this is. Such a massive game. I agree. Harry, Harry Kane due for a goal. The concern with Deli Ali is he tends to not perform, get attacking points when they're at home. He's an away player, so we'll yeah. see. Maybe he can. I feel like any, that anytime around. that stat, yeah, anytime that stat pops up, it tends to it tends to go away. Like it, like there was, there was a thing like that with Aguero at one point, and it's just a fluky thing. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to be starting Eric Dyer in this game. Just FYI. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it, it Arsenal would probably be favored to score a goal here. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we're 90, over. It was a minute. 90 seconds. That, that, that's not bad, though. Well, uh, we started Chelsea, off with a blockbuster there. We did. That's true. Uh, Chelsea hosting Stoke. All right. Chelsea, obviously on the rise. They're putting in some offensive performances. I will be starting Cesar Aspilicueta, hoping to get a clean sheet out of him. Stoke uh, are very hot and cold offensively. I would look to Chelsea to probably keep a clean sheet here and dominate this game. I do like that you said offensive performances, like which they kind of have done all season. Uh, in the first half of the season, they were offensive because they were so bad, and now <laughs> it's all about the the attack. Yeah, um, I think that I think that Stoke will score in this match, and I think that they'll. Um, I think it'll be a. Uh, I think I think this little Chelsea run is is over. I have to say, oh, I, I was not impressed with how they played in that Norwich match. Um, it, it felt like the the little spurt they they experienced is, is starting to fade a little bit, and uh, they, they, that, that match absolutely could have been a draw, or Norwich could have even won. So I'm going to predict a one one Jerome. I know Jerome one one draw uh, with with a uh, Shakiri goal. Oh, brilliant, Shakiri! He's been really, uh, he's been really playing well of late. We didn't talk about him earlier in the podcast, but uh, he's an absolute fantasy differential as well. Great player too. Yeah, any of those stuck midfielders? Well, not any of them. I guess Shakiri or Arnautovic. Yeah, uh, I mean, at this point, Shakiri could be a little more consistent uh, of a fantasy option. Yeah. All right, yeah. we're over our minute. We got to move on. Everton host West Ham. Uh, very interesting match. I actually think that West Ham is going to win this match. Uh, and I am thinking about captaining Pyatt in this match. That's how confident Oh, interesting. Pyatt away from West home. I just Everton. I just don't I, I don't trust this Everton defense despite the fact that they just kept a clean sheet. Uh, I, I just I'm not seeing it. Uh, I think that uh, I think West Ham is they're just rolling right now. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm going to go Pyatt. Yeah, two one, with two Ever- one Everton or two one West Ham win. Yeah, I would go with that prediction, and I think you're right. This Everton team is just a little too flaky. I mean, if I were to if I were to have made one transfer in game week twenty eight, it would have been swapping Kane out short term for Lukaku. In hindsight, I kind of regret not doing that, but 
it would all have only have been for that game week and this fixture against West Ham. And I tend to agree Everton's going to have a little bit a, a tough time against West Ham and and Lukaku won't be guaranteed a goal here. Um, my my last point on that is Aaron Aaron Cresswell is on death watch on my FPL squad. He managed to uh, get a couple clean sheets recently though he was on my bench this game week, but I think this is his last game week in my team. Cresswell's last stand. Man City host Aston Villa. Metro talked about quite a bit already. Very tricky match from a fantasy standpoint. Um, I just don't. I don't feel that confident uh, predicting a starting lineup for this match. Yeah, uh, we're gonna probably Vincent Company. I think is probably a sure thing to start uh, just because he hasn't played very much this year, and um, they're still building his fitness back up. But outside of Company and, and probably Joe Hart, I don't mm-hmm. see anyone else being a guaranteed. Start. This is a wait and see. You have to wait until a Pellegrini press conference. And if there's yeah. any indication that major players will get a rest, then yeah, I agree. I would I would hesitate to Captain Aguero. But if Pellegrini says, Yeah, Aguero plays, there's no doubt in my mind I'm captaining him in this game. That's true. I mean, if he just comes right out and says it, then yeah, I, I agree. Which would be, um, I guess, weird for him to do. But uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't wait. I guess I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah, it is possible. If he doesn't say that, I don't think I'm going to captain him. And uh, I realize that could be like suicidal this game week, but that's 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 what I'm planning to do. All right, then a relegation derby of sorts. Uh, Newcastle host Bournemouth. Really impressed with Bournemouth's win uh, over Southampton. I love that they've been able to keep up their level of determination through all the ups and downs this season, and I hope they keep going. Like Newcastle, I desperately want them to go down. I, I highly dislike that team uh, for for whatever reason, and I don't know. I'm, but I but I would predict a draw here. This this feels very drawy to me, like a one one or a two two. Yeah, I just think that Bournemouth is in such better form. Uh, I'm going to predict a, a two nothing Bournemouth win. Oh, interesting. I, I just, I just really wonder if uh, this Newcastle team. I, I know that John Joe Shelby has really given it his all, but outside of him, I, I feel like this Newcastle team's kind of given up on the season. I think um, they're due for a little goal yeah. spurt. Actually, they all can right, only well, bottle it up for so long. I, I like it when we disagree, so we'll, we'll keep that one in all there. Right. All right. Uh, Southampton. Last. We're making uh, up no, some time here. I like that. That was that was less than a minute, <laughs> so was, we can we can milk this next fixture. Uh, Southampton. Sunderland. Uh, you know, I'm definitely keeping the faith of Virgil Van Dyke. Um, I, I just wish he scored a little more. I, I want a little yeah. more goal threat, and we we kind of missed out on that. And he is very involved in the offense. Uh, he's putting in yeah. crosses weirdly for a central defender. He's yeah. all over the field. Turned out that Jose Font was the guy we wanted. You know, he he like just I think he scored two. I, I, we both picked up Van Dyke like almost the same week. Maybe he picked him up a week after me, and. Um, I think Van, I think Font has like two goals and thirteen bonus points since then. Font wasn't the player we wanted; he was the player we needed. <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, I, have, I have some questions about Fraser Forrester after his last two performances, though he he was yeah. letting in some weird goals. Now he's he's yeah. a great keeper and all, but weird Come back, weird goals. Yeah, I don't know. And he he had been so rock solid before then. So I'm just going to chalk it up to a fluky one-off sort of strange. Just a couple of howlers, and but I think he's a great keeper, and uh, I think he'll he'll recover his form. Yeah, I think, and and Southampton attack will benefit from a, what uh, John O'Shea has uh, picked up a little bit of an injury. Not unclear if he's going to be starting here, and Sunderland's defense could feel the effects. But I, yeah. 
I would be afraid of Sunderland if I were Southampton. They're they're putting up a fight uh, to stay it's, up, and I picked them to stay up, Sunderland. Yeah, it's reasonable because Southampton, they're not really playing for the Champions League, and, and Sunderland is absolutely fighting to stay up. But I, I still think this is a 2 nothing Southampton win, I mean, just based on what we've seen in the last 10 weeks from Southampton. Yeah, I would say a 1-1 draw or maybe a 1-0 win for Southampton. Yeah. And at the moment, Sunderland are actually um, they're out of the relegation spots. They're they're in uh, 16th place yeah. or, or 17th place. Uh, all right, uh, final 10 o'clock fixture. A lot of 10 o'clock fixtures this game week. Um, final 10 o'clock fixture is uh, Swansea hosting Norwich. Uh, I'm really itching to bring in a Swansea player for this match. Uh, I'm debating dropping Ross Barkley and bringing in um, Gelfie Sigurdsson. Uh, yeah, I just, think that would be a good move. Up. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, and then maybe and then also bringing in company actually too because I got those two transfers. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I think um, I, I I would predict a big Swansea win here, like three one maybe. Interesting. Yeah, I like it. I mean, Norwich is crap. Uh, free Mobikani. Why can Mobikani not get a start? In this Norwich squad, Cameron Jerome is such garb. He's so bad. I totally agree. And, I, you know, I just think that um, that I, I suppose Swansea is always a little limited at how many goals they can score because they really don't have any strikers. Uh, I mean, Gomez, has, Gomez stopped playing after game week four. And, and they sold uh, the game eater. They sold the game eater. So, yeah, tough time. Uh, and, and, yeah, and they've, they've been playing IU through the center, but it's just not really working out for him. Uh, or like you said, he'll, like, pop up with, like, a 12-point game week every Five weeks or something yeah, like that. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's going to be a uh, all Swansea affair here. And then we've got the later match, uh, Watford Leicester. Uh, hoping for a Leicester bounce back in this match. I, I'm really kind of. I hate to say. I know this sounds sacrilegious because I'm an Arsenal fan, but I'm really, I really am pulling for Leicester right now. I just, I just, it, it would just mean so much for Leicester to win the league, and uh, you know, it's hard not to hard not to fall in for this fall into this story. I love them. <laughs> I love I love I love Leicester City. I, I do. I love Lamp. <laughs> yeah, that was my brick from Anchorman moment. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Watford keeps it tight. It 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 could be tough for Leicester. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, they, it's proven a difficult challenge for them to break down these teams like Norwich and West Brom, who are happy to just sit back. Yeah, so. I agree. I do think Leicester will find a way to win this match. Uh, Let's go with one nothing. I think it's a. Yeah. I think it's a very tight match. Yeah, Leicester will win, but the armband stays away from Leicester City here. And uh, Robert Huth, uh, we're looking at you. Give me a clean sheet. It's amazing that given what happened yesterday, we were all like, "It's finally over for Leicester. Uh, the, the 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 fall has begun." And as it turns out, they picked up one point on all three of their um, opponents for the league title. It's incredible. Like what a game! What a game week. I know for it's the league. Extraordinary. Um, all right, so that brings us to Sunday. Uh, Crystal Palace hosting Liverpool. Um, yeah, very disappointing for Crystal Palace. We didn't even talk about uh, uh, what's his name, our favorite striker, Connor Wickham. Connor Wickham. I, he's more. He's actually. He's more your favorite striker. I, I don't really care for him. He's uh, the best. I, I he's favorite. the best striker to ever uh, tie on a pair of boots. <laughs> now there, there's something about Connor Wickham where I mean he's largely invisible for most of the season, but that man can he can just crush a soccer ball. He can crush it. Uh, he's got a great shot, and when he's on, he's on. And uh, I, I think <laughs> as much as I was big upping 
bringing in a Crystal Palace midfielder for a differential earlier in the pod, I think Liverpool's going to have their way. It's hard to say. I, I don't know why Liverpool has been able to outscore Man City like 42 to nothing this year. And, uh, and then they seem to struggle in matches like this. Well, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know what Liverpool you're going to get because um, the last time they beat Man City, they actually lost at home to Crystal Palace. So, you know, Crystal Palace uh, played a little bit better this game week. Um, they're actually kind of in a little bit of relegation trouble, um, probably safe, but it's still, you know, like I think they only have, what is it? 33 points. So they're certainly not out of, out of the danger zone. Um, so yeah, I mean, they have something to play for right now. I think that they could, um, scratch out a point here. I, I do think it's unlikely though. I, I'll predict a two, one Liverpool win. All right. I, I have more faith in Liverpool than you do this game week. Okay. Uh, final match is West Brom hosting man United. Oh my God! So West West Brom free flowing attacking football coming from Tony Pulis and Craig Gardner. Craig Gardner is unbelievable. Two game weeks in a row. Um, uh, Rondon definitely looks like a. I mean that that is like a punt uh, beyond punts. But I guess if you're desperate for a differential, um, he he's he seems more guaranteed to be on the ball than. Uh, like Saito Berahino does at the point of that West Brom attack. But United United will probably make this game difficult for themselves, uh, and it'll probably be like a 0-0 draw. <laughs> uh, yeah, a 0-0 draw sounds like just about perfect, doesn't it? So let, let's yeah. go with that. Let's, let's end the podcast <laughs> on a 0-0 West Brom Man United draw. Oh, beautiful. All right, good. Good app, Josh. Good yeah, we, all, wide ranging. I, I people might actually hate this episode. It's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I think <laughs> let we, us we, know. <laughs> we sincerely appreciate all the questions on Twitter and Facebook. And just to recap, where you can find us online, our website is alwayscheating.com, where you can find all of our contact info. But you can follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, and our Facebook page is facebook.com/slash alwayscheating and. Josh, don't forget to subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts, like Stitcher I, Radio. I, I plan to do that as soon as this podcast is over. Have you written Have you written a review of our podcast <laughs> on iTunes yet? I have my wife write one. So, yeah, we're all set on that. <laughs> awesome. Great. All right. Well, hail, hail Cheetah, Brandon. Hail Poku. Good luck uh, this weekend, Josh. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Same to you, Brandon. All right. Bye. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.